welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Yo. No mic today. That's right, man. Cut the turd loose. <laughs> And today's podcast is brought to you by RealitySportsOnline.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life GM. Use the promo code NERDS10 for 10% off your platform fee. And stick around because we're going to announce our next winner into our RSO league. Compete for championship and and $300. And $300. Straight cash, homie. Straight up. So, uh, yeah, Reality Sports Online, check them out. They're pretty sweet. I can't wait to get that league started. Um, and today's episode is Rookie Running Backs Part Due. Ooh. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So a whole other tier of running backs. And, you know, our tier might be different than your tier. Because, like, for the first guy we're going to talk about, for example, like Tevin Coleman, I've seen people have him as high as number three. I was going to say three, yeah, as high yeah. as I've seen him. People love Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. And I could see... I could see glimpses of why they like him. I mean, I think he is a, like, has like a NFL style starting running back. He has a higher ceiling than Amir Abdullah and Duke Johnson. I agree with that. For like NFL talent wise, like PPR, I'm just looking at Duke Johnson, Amir Abdullah as, their, as PPR running backs. So that's where I see their value come over. And if you take, if you like Tevin Coleman and Tevin Coleman lands in a really good situation better than Duke Johnson or Amir Abdullah, then I'd have no problem moving him up my board. You know, I mean, he, he almost fits right into that tier with me with the Abdullah Duke Johnson kind of tier. Um, yeah, I think that's a soft tier for me right now. It's kind of, uh, you know, moving around and, and I think he's in there. Yeah. It's like Play-Doh, man. Yeah, I agree. Mold it. I agree. I haven't, it. I haven't really firmed up any of my, my stuff yet. No. Well, so. it's, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. When you're done playing with the Play-Doh, what do you do? You put the cap back on. Right. Otherwise it doesn't come Play-Doh. It, it gets hard. It's like a rock. Yeah. It's no good. You got to throw it away. No, not a good. And not I don't want to. I don't want to throw away my rankings yet, man. No, not at all. Right. It's it's a fluid situation. Yep. We've announced this. That's why we didn't do the whole, uh, you know, overall big board yet because right. you know more work for us. <laughs> you know, this is the first episode I've ever been drinking alcohol. Uh, I didn't think you were going to tell people that. Well, yeah, it's, I'm on my second one. Be nectar zombie killer. Mm. I'm just announcing it because I want to. Yeah, just say it. As I pick it up, I'm like, oh, this is the first episode I've ever had alcoholic beverage in my hand. That was delicious. I tried a sip. It was really good. I'm glad you like it. But now now I have cooties for the world to know. So Tevin Coleman, Mm -hmm. 5'11", 206, had a school record 2,036 rushing yards uh, there there at Indiana, which is pretty impressive by itself. That's this year. This year. Not like overall. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty bad. That's a pretty bad school record. Hey. I mean, he goes to Indiana. Remember <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 yards last year, my entire career. Oh, well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> um, so, Tevin Coleman, what's what now? What I like about Tevin Coleman, he's a north south runner. You yeah. know, there's no messing around with him. He he gets the ball, he gets upfield, and he goes. You know, I remember versus, the, watching him at the Ohio State game, he had that 90 yard run versus us. And I was like, ooh, look at that. It was a nice run out the outside. Yeah, he's like a one-cut guy, you know. He would be perfect yes. in one of those zone-blocking schemes. And just once he gets the edge or, or gets a crease, he's a burner, man. And that's where I think like an NFL team, like he might be, you know, that's what I'm saying, Abdullah and Duke Johnson. Like he might be more NFL appealing because he's a one-cut runner, gets upfield, no nonsense. And there's a lot of NFL coaches that love that. And he's an excellent one-cut runner. Yes, he is. Um, it, 
the disappointing thing is we didn't get to see him on the same track as those other guys at the combine to see how actually like his time speed is. I know on tape, like he, he outruns guys that like, they think they have an angle on him and he just outruns them. Yes. I mean, he's that fast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think he's supposed to do something before the draft. He had foot surgery, um, which is why he, he missed, uh, Missed the, the combine. The combine, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I would have liked to have seen him all on, you know, one track. We'll see. I mean, but he's yeah. fast. He's fast. I mean, he's fast. The tape, the tape says it itself. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like we're going to talk about a guy like, uh, like later at uh, Mike Davis, for example. Like he ran a four six at the combine, and then just not too long ago ran a four three at his pro day. Right. They're notoriously slow, uh, a, a slow track yeah. there in Indy. And when he ran a four six two. I don't want to get too much to Mike Davis, and we'll get to him later. But it's kind of like, oh, he looked faster on tape. So same thing like Tevin Coleman. Like, his tape, you know, a lot of those times tape will explain itself. Right. Like, hey, the, are you out running defenders? Are you going to be high in the, the defensive backs? Well, guess what? You're fast. Right. He <laughs> never got caught from behind. Dude just had, like, an extra gear in the open field. Yeah. I mean, he really, he, he there's no slowing down for him. He's an excellent jump cut runner, mm -hmm. and he can change direction without slowing down. He's an aggressive runner, keeps his legs moving, and he always he's always falling forward. He has good stamina because, you know, he averaged 8.4 yards per carry in the second half of games in all of 2014. So it's not like one of those guys that slow down. Stamina is not an issue with this guy. He averaged 142.6 yards rushing yards per game, and he has 7.5 7 yards per carry for 2014. Yeah. So his stats are there, and he has really good hands. 25 catches, not bad. I mean... They didn't use him a ton, but 25 catches is 25 catches. That's it's, that's pretty decent, man. Yeah, that's – in college football, you have, I mean, remember, when you think catches, too, we're only talking 12 games, right. 11 games. You know, right. so it's not like there's – it's not a 16-game schedule. So you're talking two catches a game at minimum there. So he – does. yeah, that's a pretty a good stat. Even somebody has good hands, you'll see they had 35 catches, right. which is really good. Yeah, absolutely. So he does. He has really good hands. And I think a lot of these guys – we're going to hear a lot of us say a lot of these guys have good hands coming out of here there are i mean about. there are no like a, the, andre williams last year that had the embarrassingly bad hands you know <laughs> old stone hands yeah there. all these guys are are pretty able to catch i remember watching one game andre williams last year caught two balls and like what i know for the giants right yeah i was so surprised check that man for stick him yeah seriously he's gotta be cheating <laughs> he's gotta be cheating because he's got brick hands yeah, man. he does andre williams ah, i <laughs> thought he'd be much better than he was well he's still got time i mean yeah but sometimes like with those running backs sometimes you see it and you're like, mm, I'm good. Yeah, I don't just that one. That's that to me. That's like the only position in NFL. Like you see him, and you're just like, no, nope. <laughs> no, that's that's not good. Even go back to Trent Richardson. I remember like when the the world was in uproar, and I think we talked about. I don't know if we were doing the podcast at the time. We Trent, weren't doing the podcast yet, but well, Trent Richardson got traded, and at the time, there's a lot of people who were in uproar and like what, and that we were like, thank God. We like right before they traded him, we were like, dude, Trent Richardson kind of is overrated. And not really running that It was well. the craziest thing ever. And then, boom, he was traded. We were yeah. like, right, We were yeah. watching the game, and we were all sitting here as me, Mike, Matt, and a couple of other us guys who watched every Browns game together. And we we were looking at each other, and the week before he got traded, we, we sit here and go, man, he he's a bust. Yeah, he's just... Like, he's just not that good. He really isn't. He's leaving yards on the field. He's just not, yeah. Hitting the wrong holes, right. stutter step in. I think he's trying out for dancing with the stars. He was dancing a lot. Yes, and he was in, he was a bad dancer. He was like a drunk white guy and now in the club. And now he's fat on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it was funny. Like, the very next week after we had this long discussion, like an hour and a half discussion about, like, how bad Trent Richardson really is, 
he gets traded for a first round pick, and people are like, oh, how do you trade him? We just took him number three overall, and we're all like, yeah, we're high fiving each other, like, oh high my five. god, they gave us a first round pick for that turd. Wow. Hey. So, but a lot he's, of these guys. Who says you can't polish a turd? <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a clear example. There's no polishing. No. Um. So yeah, not, not a lot of uh. Sometimes so it goes back to the point of like when you see these guys. Sometimes you kind of like after a couple games, you kind of know. Mm-hmm. You know, and people do change. You know, like Tiki Barber had a fumbling problem, put together. Tiki Barber got better later in his career compared to early in his career. He never had a running problem though. I mean, it wasn't like yeah, he, he did have just the fumbling well, issue. Well, the fumbling mm-hmm. issue cause them time off the field right absolutely so yeah. yeah i mean if you fumble that affects your overall game because you're, you're gonna get less carries um so te- like tevin coleman you know some of his faults he has a slender frame yeah he does um, and then he has a frame too like it doesn't look like he can really like he looks like he's about as big as he could possibly get. he may be maxed out at 206 right? yeah he's 511 206 so he's not the biggest guy in the world he has he runs with a high pad level he has average power you know it's not like he's I w- like i would say that's maybe a little bit generous yeah he's not he doesn't have great power, I would yeah, say. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the frame. He just he's just not. That's and that, and that's one of the things. Like he needs, he's a big play waiting to happen. I actually have the exact same thing written down. Big play waiting to happen. A big play waiting to happen. Like literally, the word for word. Mine says big play waiting to happen. Yeah, wow, that's amazing, man. Look at us, great minds. Well, we should do a podcast together. We should, man. So, um, yeah. So, and that's what he is, and which isn't a bad thing. That's kind of like, like he has the same running styles like Demarco Murray, like. DeMarco's tougher than him, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, obviously they have DeMarco similar style. They have similar styles. Tevin Coleman's faster than DeMarco Murray. He does and... a lot of things that DeMarco Murray does. The uh, way he, the, the running style. I agree. A little bit more upright. Cut, Remember like Murray? One, one and Murray cut. had a lot of those question marks coming out too. I mean, he had a lot of the same question. I mean, he slipped to the second round of our rookie draft. You took him two one. Yep. So he had a lot. It's not like Murray came out and he same thing. You know, he's a bit now. Obviously, Murray's a bigger. Back than he is as well. He's about. I mean, he's like in the two fifteen range. He's not like two thirty or anything. Is he six foot? Yeah. Yeah. Six foot. Like yeah. Well, he's taller. That's what I meant. Bigger. Oh, okay. Not fatter. Sorry, I thought you meant weight. No. No, I'm just talking about Demarco Murray being bigger. <laughs> well, explain so, explain yourself better next well, time. Well, if you give me time here right. over here to explain myself. Uh-huh. So um so yeah the, the thing is like you know so if he gets bottled up at the line of scrimmage well like most backs he's not going anywhere but he's not overpowering anybody. No, he's not. But, he's not gonna. He's not gonna push the pile to get the one yard or anything like that on the goal then, line. Or he does hit the hole fast, and if there is a steam there, he will find it. And he's skinny enough to get through that hole, and he's explosive. So th- there is a lot of upside for Tevin Coleman, but there is there is a lot of risk involved with him as well. Yep. He could easily just be shut down completely. It depends. Does the same things that we saw on tape will that transcend to the NFL level? I think so because he's fast enough to do this kind of stuff in the NFL. I agree. I think I think so as well. I I like Tevin Coleman. I do, and he's somebody that I'm watching for this NFL draft because he's for me. I could see why somebody would have him. Well, not to me. I would never put him ahead of a Jai. I don't see. I don't see where people do that at all. I can see people have him fourth ahead of Duke Johnson, Amir Abdullah, and T.J. Yeldon. I could I could see it. Um, but for me, he's not there. Like I'd still have him behind T.J. Yeldon. I still have him behind. Amir Abdullah, and then right now I still have him tentatively behind Duke Johnson. But when where, when he gets drafted, where he goes, will I can see him being a, a big mover on my boards. I I mean, I have my top four guys locked in right now. Um, you know, Gurley, Gordon, Yeldon, and Ajayi in that order. And then after that, it's Duke Johnson, Amir Abdullah, and Tevin Coleman are kind of they're the ones that are real fluid right now for me. Me too. 
So I could. I see, mean, our boards are exactly similar. I, in I could. I mean, I could see Tevin Coleman easily being the fifth one, depending on where he lands. And I could see Amir Abdullah easily being the fifth one, depending where he lands. I mean, I'm after watching because I watched more tape this weekend. Um, I could. I kind of almost want to put Tevin Coleman above Duke Johnson and Amir Abdullah right now. Mm-hmm. So I can see why people are like, uh, I guess, buying the hype and and moving them up and up and up and up. So I mean I'm I'm kind of I'm just gonna resist that urge just because I I I have my stuff kind of set right now until probably draft day. Yeah, and and the reason for that is like Tevin Coleman has the potential to be on, in there on first and second down. Absolutely, sure. absolutely, and he's just and he's just so explosive. And that's way more likely, as in just like that's more likely for Tevin Coleman. Just like it's more likely that Amir Abdul and Duke Johnson are gonna be there on third down right. and see very occasional first and second down carries. Right. That's just that's just the way it is. It's that's the most likely scenario. I mean, can Abdullah and Johnson turn into those like really good three down backs? Is that a possibility? Yes, it's a possibility, but. It, it's a rarity at the same time. You don't see a lot of those small backs come in here and be dominators. And a lot of those are guys are like guys that are way bigger than Johnson Abdullah. Right. You know, like the MG, you know, Maurice Jones Drew and Ray Rice's. Those guys are usually a little stockier than those guys. But Tevin Coleman, yeah, I mean, he's if you have him higher on the boards, and I mean, I'm not. We'll just we're not. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just kind of like okay, you know, there's no shocker here if somebody said. You know, I'm taking Tevin Coleman, you know, third. Okay, you know, I like Ajayi, but, you know, I respect that opinion. You you might just hit a home run there. Definitely in the right situation. Depends where it goes. There's a lot of teams out there that need a running back. Uh, I think the Chargers would be a good fit for Tevin Coleman. Wow. You know, with, yeah. with Danny Woodhead there and Donald Brown there as well, I think Tevin Coleman would be a really good fit for the Chargers. I mean, any one of those QBs are – running back needy teams really i mean and we've been saying that about all these backs like oh right. you look good on the chart obviously you know right. we sit here about the you know obviously if i could say he could look, would look good on the cowboys but anybody would look good on the cowboys but for me like if i had to pick a team like in a realistic kind of possibility i see a lot of my drafts, drafts where the chargers are taking todd you know todd Gurley or melvin gordon but if they do wait i think tevin coleman you know they're in a second or maybe in like the late you know early third would be a good fit for them and what they do and who they already have in place. I could see him being a third-round pick. Yeah? Yeah. I kind of think that's where he's going to end up being slotted in the NFL draft. For sure. I think I definitely think that's where he should go. Yeah. I mean, I see Yeldon is possibly the second round, you know, third round. Ajayi, mm-hmm. second round, possibly third round. Because there is, there is, as fluid as the situation is, there's teams out there that need backs. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've said, we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, the Cowboys, the Jets. The Chargers, the Ravens. Uh, who knows if Miami will take it back? Even though they got Lamar Milner, I like them. Like them there. You don't know. They're sniffing around uh, Stephen, or not Stephen Jackson. Uh, Stephen Ridley. They, yeah, they are sniffing. So they're they're in the market, and they, they'd be better off taking one of these guys, honestly, than taking yeah, Stephen. I, Ridley. I mean, I agree. Um, and you know who knows what you know you know everybody's been writing this Kristen Michael hype train forever, but what will you know? Does Seattle take it possibly take it back? I think they got enough there, to be honest. Who knows? I yeah. mean, every time Ridley gets an opportunity, I mean, Kristen Michael gets an opportunity. You're like, okay, finally, you know, Marsh, you know, Marshawn's down for here for a bit. Let's see what he could do. Or he's suspended for the first, and then Kristen Michael gives you, you know, nothing. And then Robert Turbin <laughs> coming in here and Robert stand. Turbin looks better than Kristen Michael. Yeah, on the field po- at this point, like I, I took Kristen Michael in a in the first round of a league, like a, like a late first round pick before. And as a Kristen Michael owner and somebody who's followed him pretty closely, it's kind of like one of those things like. 
his hype train came. If you sold at the time, you know, bravo. Right. At this point, I don't really think much is going to come of it. I agree. I really don't. Because he had his, I mean, if Robert Turbin's taking carries away from you in that opportunity, then obviously the coaches aren't seeing anything really overly special. And then it's not giving me a time to see anything special. Because when you dig it, even when he got carries, it was anything special whatsoever. And, and those Seattle coaches, they really don't care where they draft people. It's all about no. how you produce. Absolutely. That's how Russell Wilson got to where yeah, he was. Exactly. So, yeah, for that Kristen Michael train, I mean, if there's any hype that comes possibly back to him, I'm selling. And if anybody's mildly interested, I'm selling. Because you could have got a first rounder for him oh, last yeah. year. I mean, that hype train was hot and mm-hmm. heavy. It was a speed and bullet. Now it's like Thomas the Train. <laughs> he was easily blowed off the track. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, you know, I took uh, Thomas the Train. I hate well, that I show. Had... <laughs> you watch a lot of Thomas the Train? Uh, no, not anymore. Thankfully, I my when I came out, I went like like I watched. I saw like an episode of it. I was like, this is terrible. Weirdest show ever, man. Yeah. So I the, there are certain kid shows like I wouldn't let my kids watch because I just couldn't tolerate them. Like, yeah. I hate them so much. Like I I can't tolerate that. Yep. Like I'm sorry. And Thomas the Train was one of them. Yeah, it was. That's pretty bad. Because like some of those kid shows, like you can tolerate. You oh know? yeah, dude. You know, like Curious George, I can tolerate a little Curious George. James just got into Scooby Doo lately, which oh, yeah? is awesome. Well, who can't tolerate Scooby Doo? <laughs> yeah, I love that show. <laughs> Scooby, you, you and uh, you Shaggy and Scooby and uh, Velma, you guys over here. I'm gonna go with Daphne. <laughs> the smoke's coming out of the van. I'm in my house the other day, and James is in the other room, and he goes, "Zoinks!" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> what three year old says Zoinks? Oh, cool three year old. Yeah, I guess well, so. You're raising a good kid over there. Yeah. I just get him hooked on that. I can't. I can't wait. And I'll, I got a lot of tweets about about the Mall Rats too coming out. You know, people really enjoyed the Mall Rats talk as yes. little as it was. I can't wait until my kids are old enough to start watching like those movies with oh, them. Yeah. Like, all right, like I, I have, like I'll have it all planned out when they're like thirteen. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm about to introduce introduce you to something whole new world. His name is Kevin Smith. He's really old now. <laughs> but when I was younger, yeah, because that's timeless humor. Yes, it it's got to be. So. Yeah, Kevin Smith, Mallrats. If you didn't check it out last week, check it out this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, next guy on the list here. Back to rookie running backs, not three-year-olds. What kind of show is this? Honestly. David Cobb, Minnesota, 5'11", 229, ran a 4'81", and it's not too fast. He pulled up lame, though. Did he pull up lame? Yeah. That's lame. It, I mean, it looks like a pretty bad time, but it, it he pulled up. I watched that one. I remember watching it. I going, did not oh, dang. It. Okay. So he, he kind of pulled up. He pulled his hammy. I think he's going to – he missed their pro day, and he's going to do another pro day, like an individual pro day that, coming that, up here soon. That makes some sense. Yeah. He had uh, 1,626 rushing yards this past season as well. So he's somebody that, you know, he first caught my eye versus Ohio State. Again, he had 145 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And I was like, ooh, look at yeah, this guy. Absolutely. Look at him, which is against a really good defense. And, you know, for him, he gained 54% of his yards after contact. Oof. So, you know, he showed good balance, solid size. He has that nice, good body type for an NFL running back. You know, 5'11", 229, nice and stocky, good quality build for that kind of guy. And he gets, you know, and he gets the most of his runs. He does. I mean, he, he'll take a hit, he'll take a licking and keep on ticking. I agree. Of the guys that we're talking about here today, I mean, he's he's got, like, the definitely the most prototypical, like, big back. uh just body and and I think running style too. I, I think he can be, I think he can be an every down type of guy in the NFL. Yeah, I think out of all the guys we're gonna talk about, he has the least, he has the lowest ceiling 
because he doesn't do anything like he's he's just efficient you know he's not a dynamic runner runner in any means he's just an efficient running back you know he'll need to be in the right offense to have the right amount of usage to be key i i mean i agree with that he catches the ball really well out of the backfield too which is another added bonus i mean they used him a lot on like screens specifically a lot on like little slip screens mm-hmm. where he just kind of snuck out of the backfield and, and they just, they just tossed him like inside screens and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I think he's, I think, I think he can be an every down guy, but yeah, I think it depends on, on where he lands. Yeah. Shows good patience and hold. Yeah, it's just, he's not like, he's not like a speed runner. He's definitely not a he's speed guy. He's not a speed guy at all. He, um, he's not somebody who has like great acceleration. He doesn't have a really good jump cuts ability Mm-mm. so he's just kind of like hit the hole and goal. go that's what he is that's yeah. exactly hit what the he hole is. and go and he, he i mean he he can carry the load though too i mean he, he's one of those guys who can wear down a team he can you can yeah. give the ball to him 25 times a game and and you know he might not be getting you know those 20 30 yard runs but he'll be he'll be chunking off five no, yards know who he is hmm. alfred morris i agree but he can catch the ball better yeah okay i'll give you that i mean yeah. i'm not really i'm not i'm gonna sit here and talk about like how the when I watch, I, well, I didn't watch a lot of tape on him. Yeah, yeah. The tape I did, I didn't really. I don't have any notes here about his pass catching ability, so I didn't really get into that aspect of his game. But I do. It did. I guess again, you know, Alfred Morris is a good comp because Alfred Morris to me is like one of the most underappreciated dynasty players out there. Yeah. Like everybody hates on Alfred Morris. The guy is extremely efficient. Uh, he gets the job done. He's an excellent high end running back too, and. Well, high end maybe pushing it, but he's an excellent <laughs> running back too. He is a who good doesn't miss games, right? Who's who? You know, like David Cobb, who is efficient. He gets the job done, and that's the kind of guy. Guy he, you know, that's see David Cobb though is not it's somebody that I kind of want to pass on because I can see him being like a good running back, you know, maybe a committee kind of guy who's getting you like maybe seventy five, eighty yards a game, which is good in the NFL. You know, but not like a lot of touchdowns and you know things along those lines. I think where you where you're gonna have to draft him though, I wouldn't pass on him. I don't I don't think he's one of those guys because I don't think you're gonna have to draft him in the first round. I think he's gonna be sitting there oh, mi- middle sure, no. middle of this middle late second round easily. So I mean, if you say in the first round you you draft you know middle of the first round and you pass on a running back and you you pick a you know whatever good wide receiver is there and you're a running back needy team i would i would take a chance on david yeah, cobb in the second round I, I mean obviously i don't have my big it's hard for me because right now i'm doing my individual rankings mm-hmm. and right now we're like in the middle of doing about to start this mock draft that we're doing uh for the website and to be up on the site probably whenever it's done so maybe tomorrow friday or you know early monday right right but yeah, so David Cobb, it's all going to see where he fits. But yeah, like a late second round is where, like, he'll go exactly. Yeah, I feel like he'll go exactly where he needs to go. Let's get drafted into a really bad situation. Right, right. I mean, who knows? I mean, this is the kind of guy that can go anywhere from like the third round to like the sixth round in in the NFL draft. So you're, you know, remember Alfred Morris? He right. was a late round yep. pick, mm-hmm. and a late round rookie, and this is this is a good comp for him. Right. I agree that that is like I I didn't think of it, but once you said it, I I like that a lot. But he, I think he catches the ball better than Alf. That's like the one thing. Okay. So you like Alf too? Yeah, I'm okay on him. He eats cats. <laughs> what is he from Melmac or something? No, that was Mork. No, was it? Wait, no, Alf was from Melmac. Yeah, yeah, that's he right. was from Melmac. Yeah, look at that memory of yours. Look at that yeah, steel like trap. Eighties time time ball <laughs> over there. And Alf. They're bringing back all these like eighty shows. You hear they're bringing back Full House. No. It's gonna be a Netflix show. It's gonna be called Fuller House with Candace Bergen. So uh it's gonna be Kimmy and 
Oh, what's the older what's the older girl's daughter's name in Full House? I don't know, dude. I don't remember that show. You don't remember Full House at all? Barely. I okay. didn't. Wa- I didn't watch it a lot. Well, it's gonna be. They're bringing Full House coach. They're bringing back. No way, coach. They're bringing coach back, and they're bringing another dude, they're, show back. They're too. bringing X Files back. And they're bringing X Files back, which is I'm super pumped about. Yes, you are. You love your X Files. Yeah, I still watch them on Netflix now, man. You so kidding? bring back Alf, man. What a good opportunity to bring him back. Yeah. So if you missed that X Files, I think this summer or something, six episode little. It's just yeah, it's just like a short little yeah. thing, right? And hopefully it's enough that they can get back on board for a full season. You've seen every episode, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Like, you have the box set? I have the box set, but it's on Netflix now. So I had the box set before it was on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. I might have to binge watch that eventually. Yeah, you should binge watch that. I'm a binge watcher. Yeah. I'm going to watch Interstellar tonight. It's really good. The first season is almost almost awesome because it's so crappy of X-Files. Like, yeah. the, just the production of it, you can tell it was, like, just so bootleg at the time. I think it's better. Oh, it gets amazing. Yeah, I watched X Files. I got like I, you know, it wasn't like I gotta catch every episode, but I watched it. Yeah. So, all right. So David Cobb draft him. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, I'd almost say draft all these guys we're gonna talk about. Uh, I know there's one that you don't like, but we'll get to him. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, there's none of these guys that we're talking about today that are like, I guess, undraftable for me. Okay. So I guess in some respects, it depends on where they get drafted. Well. Is, how about before we pick off on this next guy that I like a lot? I hit you with a commercial. Let's do that. From the one, the only <laughs> reality sports online. Matt, have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, Rich, you know I did. Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. So you can have them for up to like four years, or you can modify each league however you want. Uh, the platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, which is pretty sweet, franchise tags, IR, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your GM skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participate in a mock free agency auction today. If you like what you see, use the promo code NERDS10 and receive 10% off your team or your platform today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. And you have a chance to enter and play against us and the rest of the Dynasty Nerds staff by getting on dynastynerds.com and going on the forum. And all you got to do is go on and click your click on the forum. You'll see on there $300 prize pool because first place in this league gets $300, courtesy of realitysportsonline.com. Second place gets a One, Benjamin Franklin. Big one hundo. Yeah, big Benjamin Franklin. Straight cash, homie. Well, actually, it'll probably be a check. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we're going to PayPal it to you or whatever. I mean, <laughs> we owe you one. So, yeah, all you got to do is get dynastynerds.com to enter. And if you do, We'll be picking a winner like we did last week. Greg Harrell won. He wrote me. He's like, I found out listening to the podcast. Nice. I wrote him the night before, hey, you won. We're going to announce it. And he never got back to me. And then he's like, hey, man, I just listened to the podcast. So I found out. So that's awesome. So Sweet. this guy, yeah. I'm not going to write till yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So if you do get on there, you have a chance to win like Greg did. And our new winner is Zach Fifelski. 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 I don't know. I don't know. But Spell it. F I F E L S K I, Fafelski. I'm, I'm terrible with names. It's Fafelski. I'll, I'll I'll take your word on it. So we'll call him Zach. 
Yeah, there you go. So, Zach, congratulations. You entered on the forum, uh, and you are the next man up, and you'll begin an email to join our league. And that leaves us with three spots left. Three coveted spots. Yes, very in the, coveted. In the RSO. There is Dynasty a lot of entries league. on here. Uh, so get on the form, and you have a chance to win as well. Uh, we'll announce, I know for that last spot, we're going to do something away where we can join the forum. If you rate and review us on iTunes, and we're going to give it a chance to get away, enter that as well. Nice. And I think I'm going to do something for all the people that bought T-shirts every week. I think I might enter them. If they want to, I'm going to email them all. Right. See if they want to enter to give them a second chance as well to enter as well. Nice, dude. To show us love. So if you want to show us love, the best way to support this podcast that we love doing for you guys is two ways. One, no, three ways. Listen. Yeah. And download good. it every week. That's a good way. That's a great way. Because yeah. we can see how, we can see where every single person's downloading from. There's a lot of you. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. Two, you can buy a t-shirt on DynastyNerds.com. They're awesome. They make you look good. Chicks dig them. Chicks dig them the most. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. I'm married. Kids. Guess what? I own a Dynasty Nerd shirt. Yep. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. And third is you can get on iTunes and you can rate us and give us a review. The reason that helps us, the more reviews and rates that, you know, range we have, the more like iTunes kind of like pimps you out out there. So when people Google, when people just put fantasy football in the search column, the more reviews that we have, we even come up in that category, and we find fresh airs, which right. is great because we get, I mean, I get tweets all the time like, hey, just found your show, man. Absolutely love it. Backlogging all the episodes now. And, you know, that's why I do this. That's why we do it. For the men. That <laughs> <laughs> right us. So, yeah, that's if you guys support the podcast, we appreciate it. We really do. It's, it's, we do really do. It brings a smile on my face every time we see a new review on there or somebody buys a shirt or people just write me on Twitter and say, hey, man, I really love your show, capital letters, love. Wow. Mm -hmm. I capital letters love that shit. Love you. That, love that comment. Yes, I do too. So thanks guys. And congratulations to Zach on the new, uh, new guy who's going to play in Versus and yeah. RSO league. Good luck. I'm really excited to play for it. So, like, I'm totally pumped, man. Like the draft countdowns on, on there. Cause wow. the way it does it is you do a rookie draft first. Cause you draft rookies to four year contracts. Yes. Then you get one four year contract, two, three year contracts, three, two year contracts, and then all the rest are one. Or one year contracts. Yeah. That's it. And you get all the rookies for four years. So it's kind of like an ever, a never ending cycle. And you get a one franchise tag. So it's a really new, cool concept of playing fantasy football. I'm, I'm pumped to get in there and like dig into this league and then like just figure it out, you know what I mean? Because there's yeah. a lot of like it's a new challenge. cool intricacies and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. A whole different way. Like, like how it, it really is like the closest you could possibly be to be an NFL GM. Absolutely. Because yeah. you only do like, you sign if you sign somebody to a contract and you give somebody like Ray Rice fifty million guaranteed, right? And all of a sudden he's out of the league forever. Trent Richardson's out of the league forever. Well, guess what? You, you still have that fifty million. You're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> it's not like you just dynasty. You can just cut them. Right. You know what I mean? So you're screwed. So it's a cool flat platform. I definitely checked. If you even don't get in our nerds league, check them out anyways. Yeah, man. absolutely. We, it's a really cool site, and that's why we're kind of pimping them out on here. Yeah, don't uh, forget to use the the nerds ten. Yeah, use Nerds 10, man. Get 10% off. Yep. 10%. Yep. So, hey, you give me any cash back in my pocket? Nah, absolutely. I'm walking away with a smile. Yep. You know what I do with my extra cash and change? What do you, what do, you do? I put it in my uh, Budweiser piggy bank that I've had since college. Yep. I've been saving all my change for college. Since college. <laughs> for college? For college. <laughs> so one of these days I'm going to be smart. One of these days I'm going to get smart. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things where I've always, I've been saving it so long. I told my wife a while ago, I was like, man. 
She's like, what are you gonna spend that on? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's got to be something sweet because I've been saving this since college. You yeah, know, like, absolutely. I'm not gonna go buy like a video game with it or something like those long. So I've already determined when the Browns go to the Super Bowl championship. That's what I'm using that on. Oh boy. So there is an 85 percent chance my kids are getting all that change. <laughs> I was gonna say by the time that you're, they're gonna go to the championship, that thing's not gonna be able to pay for it. I mean, like even if there's like two thousand bucks in there, hey, you're not. I've gonna already be able had to take money out yeah. and roll it. And okay. I still have a lot of change. And I started mm. a year and a half ago, uh, just because I actually own a, I own a real business too. So I have another business I own besides DynastyNerds.com, and I get cash sometimes for like little small things there, and I put that money in there as well. Uh, don't tell the IRS. Shh. I pay tax. It's documented. I'm, just, I'm kidding. Allegedly, no, it it is. So let's get back to rookie running backs here. That's what we're really talking about today. Not the Browns going to the Super Bowl. Next guy up, uh, Jeremy Langford. Jeremy Langford, right? Now this is somebody that I see a lot of people have been down on. Don't I don't understand it, man. I like him a lot. Jeremy Langford, Michigan State, six foot, two oh eight, ran four four two. The fastest time at the combine for the running backs. He was. And, you know, he had 1,522 yards, 22 touchdowns, which was a school record. Yeah, 22 touchdowns. That's impressive. Right yeah, there. at Michigan State. So, and that was a school record. And, you know, he played wide receiver and cornerback at Michigan, Michigan State as well. I saw that. that. He took a big step forward this year in 2014. And amongst he's one that catches, obviously played receiver, catches the ball very, very well. Not only that, he's really good in pass protection too, which you know obviously helps any running back kind of field quicker in the NFL. And that's what I was surprised about because he had such a versatile background. I was like, wow, this guy's actually really good in pass pro compared to like a lot of these other guys that are coming in the league. Yeah, you could argue he's the best. Yeah. guy coming out. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's he does really well, which makes him a three down option here. Right. Shows really good balance. Does a good job getting to the outside corner and shows really good lateral movement. I mean, he needs to like read. The one thing I didn't like about like what some of his tape is, he like needs to write reads it well, read his blocks better. Mm-hmm. You know, he ran a lot of his butt lockers backs, a lot of b words in there, blockers backs. Yeah, it's getting a little bit to to be a tongue twister over there. Huh? Mm-hmm. So, but he's somebody that has like a lot of in, like when I watch the tape, I like what I see on his tape. The it, thing, the weird thing about it was that when I was watching the tape, because I knew that he was timed the fastest guy in the forty at the combine. But he didn't look like the fastest guy I watched on tape. No, so, so, I, so I think that might have been a little bit of like phony, you know, phony speed. It just shows that he, he's got speed. Like he's, got, he's got the extra gear, I guess, is yeah. a good way to look, look at Amir it. Amir Dula looks faster than him on the plane. Field. Right. Absolutely. But, I mean, I, I just brought it up to show that, like, it surprised me that he ran a 4 4 2. Because, like you said, the tape, like, it was surprising that he right. was the fastest running back there. And one thing with him is, though, and it probably it's probably because he did play some wide receiver too. Is he's not very tough, like football tough. Right. You know what I mean? For being six foot, he's not really that hard to bring down. I agree. I can agree with that. I I mean I could see why he's not like in the upper or even the second tier running backs. I think he's right on the cusp of being on the the bottom half of the second tier that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, or third tier actually. We're on our third tier. We're on our third tier. He'd be at the top of the third tier though. No, no, no. The Coleman and all those guys in that tier? That's the third tier? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think he's at the bottom of that tier for me. For you. Okay, for me. So I think yeah. he's up there with, like, I like him more than David Cobb. Oh, do you? Okay. I mean, they're right. Th- I mean, all these guys are, again, right. th- for this tier here mm-hmm. situation, they're all so close. Situations are determined a lot. But for somebody that's, again, I mean, 
he's somebody that's big that's easy to get down. He looked like, like he's trying to get outside a little bit too much for me I instead agree. of trying to get up the middle because, mm-hmm. again, I, I think he needs to toughen up, man. He needs to become more of like a football player. But when he does get outside, he's a good – he looks good. Yeah, he looks good in space. A lot and of these he, guys And do. he catches the ball really well. So he's somebody who could be – again, for somebody that's six foot, he, he'd be a really good third down back. I agree with that, yeah. Which you don't see a lot of those guys, like the, the big guys that are third down backs. Right. So this, he could be that. Right, so, right, because he's really good in pass pro and he can catch the ball really well out of the backfield. And it helps you. That helps you. Mm-hmm. know what? When you do that, if you're in the right offense, you'd be a really good person to play on second down as well. Right. So he's, where sometimes you see the first and second down back and then the third down back, he could very easily be like a second and third down back. Well, if he if he gets on one of these teams that does like a lot of no huddle and stuff like that, he might be a really good back for that type of offense as well. Ooh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you just... You can line him up out, out wide. Hey, go run out wide and run a wide receiver Very, uh, route. He did, and he did that. Right, exactly. Michigan, so he split outside a yep, lot. So exactly. He's an intriguing running back. Mm-hmm. Like He's somebody that if he turned to be nothing, I could see it. Right. But if he turned out to be pretty decent, I could see that as well. So he's somebody that could be, again, the right opportunity, the right system, who could be a, a fantasy producer. You know, a nice solid running back too. Definitely with his hands. If you're in a PPR league, that's that's huge. I agree. Yes, definitely because I, I I like him getting outside. I like what I see when he does get outside. I don't, I don't like him more. I don't really like him even though he's six foot. I don't like him running between the tackles. He he's another guy that looks maybe like he's a little bit slender or something like that for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's only two oh eight for being six foot right. running back. Yeah. I mean, I'm six one and I'm one ninety eight. And you're a slender guy. I'm by far not an NFL. <laughs> they would break me. Yes, like they Ivan would. Ivan Drago. <laughs> I must break <laughs> So, yeah, Langford, he's somebody that I'm really, like, intrigued at. I, I see him going probably later, second round. Um, and, again, it depends where he gets drafted. But he's somebody that I would like to kind of have, like, these guys we're talking about, I'd like to get a piece of share. Like, I, I want to have, like, in my leagues, I want to get, like, at least one Jeremy Langford share. And then all my dynasty leagues, like he, like, you know what, like he's enough where I want to gamble on. Like I want to at least have one share of him. Yeah, somewhere, right? Yeah, because I do think I, I do like his upside. You know, like, like David Cobb. I'm like, okay, I can see him being like that. You know, consistent. But I like Jeremy Langford's ceiling more than I like David Cobb's. Do I think David Cobb's like a safer pick? A little bit, mm-hmm. but I like Langford's ceiling a little bit higher. Than Cobbs, I guess is best. I'm the opposite it. way. I like David Cobb better. I just think he's he's got he brings a little bit more to the table with his size and and his I don't know. I guess just like toughness. Yeah. Oh, more. Yeah. Drastically, night and day, yep. tougher. So, I mean, what do you think? Like, what? what, what obviously, you seem like because I've seen so I've seen more negative Langford guys than positive Langford guys. I have them highlighted in green, if that helps you. Well, what does green mean? Good. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> green is a go. Green is okay. a go. Oh, uh, greens go. Roger. Roger that. Roger oh. that. Is brown bad? <laughs> brown is real bad. I bet. Yeah. This guy is I haven't, I haven't highlighted anyone in brown yet. Oh, okay. But it's yeah. bad, I would take it, right? Yeah, that'd be bad. Lucky green. Lucky green. green. go. Uh, brown is bad. Brown's bad. <laughs> like I said, my, my bank upstairs is uh, going to be sitting there for a while. Yes, it will. So... All right, let's get another guy here. Mike Davis, South Carolina, 5'9", 217, runs a 4'6", but he ran a 4'3", his pro day. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that until right before 
this show and you told me that i was pretty surprised pretty impressive huh? yeah that's that's really fast yeah that is pretty s- speed which at the same time like his he looked good on tape you know he looked faster than than four six but you know what everyone everyone that ran like a four six at the combine is faster than they look so i, I just think that was like a really slow track that day true. at indy so i i, I don't know i don't that's put true. much Everybody into is it. running way faster yeah um you know, Mike Davis, another guy at five nine two seven, has that really stout frame with a he, really solid stiff arm. He he's like a like he's like the classic like little bowling ball yes. type of guy. Downhill aggressive yeah. runner with good push, can pass protect, can catch the ball really well. He had thirty three receptions for yeah. three hundred sixty eight yards and two touchdowns in South Carolina. So he can catch really well. He has mm-hmm. good outside speed. I agree. And that's what I saw. Like when he ran that four six, and then you find out he runs his four you know, three, eight pro day. Like he did, he looked really good on the outside. Like same thing. Like he got away from the defenses. I, I saw him get up field pretty well. Um, doesn't have really great lateral movement or any juke moves, anything along those lines. He's a stout run, get up downhill runner. I wrote that he, like he loses effectiveness cause he kind of, he kind of tries to like dance and string plays out. And that's where the, the plays that like really weren't effective for him. I mean, when he just got North and South, yeah, he looks great. He Cause he can't do it. Right. It's a, his, his hips aren't, designed to move that way yeah that's it's just like dances and he doesn't go anywhere and then they close on him real like the defense closes on him way too fast so yeah, and, there, and i saw instances where he would duck his head early and run into his blockers like he'd right he'd get into that right and that could be coached up but he's getting ready for the contact a yard before the contact's even there it's right like, I hey agree. Buddy, come yep. on, let's go put your head up let's you get, gotta know one right when to lower the pads you know and his 2013 tapes way better than 2014 tape and now the one thing that came against him and a lot of scouts I saw said he has really good upside, but his conditioning came up as a big concern because he wore down during games. Really? Yeah. A lot of, lot of scouts said that. You know, they, a lot of them said he could be a three-down back, but his conditioning came into question. And, it, and it, then it started to come up like, hey, is this kind of like a South Carolina thing? Because, you know, Alshon Jeffrey right, right. had conditioning things. Jadavian Clowney coming out number one overall had conditioning questions. Same thing for him. A lot of notice of him, like at the end of games, like he'd slow down a little bit, he'd wear down a little bit. And everything that I saw, like his condition was a bit like that's his biggest red flag I saw was conditioning. Yeah, and obviously that's something that could be, you know, at the NFL level, it's much more scrutinized than when you're in college because they're on you every day. You have to, you have to weigh in or you get fined. Yep. So unless you're gonna want to pay for it, <laughs> you're not gonna show up to these. You know, there's you get paid to work out. So it's a big difference in NFL. So the condition for me doesn't really worry me too much. Definitely on these, the rookie contracts, and for the running backs, like you, a four-year, three-year contract, you're hoping to get a good three, four years out of these guys. But these guys are all playing for their second contract. Oh, yeah, nowadays with, you, yeah, the way yeah, the wage so goes. Those, I think those concerns about getting paid, definitely for a guy, well, definitely somebody like you know, Mike Davis where he's going to get drafted. Right, he's going to be getting third, fourth round-ish. Yeah, I don't NFL think the condition is going to be too much of a concern for me. So he does have some solid upside. Again, just get up field. Go. I agree. Like, if, if, he's, if he quits dancing, and, and maybe that was part of his issue, what I was seeing, because it, it just seemed like, and I and I didn't make a note of whether or not it was at the end of the game or at the beginning of the game or when, but he, he seemed like he just he couldn't get to the edge, and it was because he was like fiddling around and dancing. But maybe it was because he I was. I bet if you go back, I bet it's towards the end of the game. Right, games. right. Maybe it was. He was out of breath, man. Yep. Yeah, need some of those Jobies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. So Mike Davis, South Carolina, another guy that has some good. Again, this this running back class is deep. The top-tier talent is a top-tier talent. 
And then you get those guys that like we said, like, you know, Ajayi's in a class of his own. They got TJ Yeldon there, the Amir Abdullah, and kind of, got, you know, Tevin Coleman. But a lot of these guys after that are like, I like them all. Mm-hmm. It's a deep class. Like, in some years, these guys would be higher than they were. But it's a really big, muddled field. Yeah. It is very muddled. Um, You're like Mike Davis and David Cobb to me. Like, there's, there's, we're not talking huge differences about, like, they're close enough for me in my eyes of what I think they are. Or, or like their upside, where I can I can let where they get drafted. I always say, hey, don't let don't let where they get drafted in the NFL determine your rankings, which it does have some effect. Right. But when it's close like this, these guys will where they go is going to be a huge effect for me personally. Well, the things that separate David Cobb and Davis for me is a production. I mean, David Cobb like blew him out of the water. Okay. And um, B, I just think I just think David Cobb doesn't dance either. No. So that's, I mean. He wears cleats. Right. He, yeah. Right. He, no dress for him. No. Yeah. Dress? Sure. Just, Mike Davis wears a dress? Mm-hmm. Maybe. There goes him ever coming on our show as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I totally blew it. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, that's you. You like David Cobb, clearly. And I have David Cobb higher than Mike Davis as well. I'm the same way. I have him right. higher ranked as well, too, but. A position could be, it could change my mind. Okay. I guess right. you know what I mean, right? Right. Because I I always trust NFL scouts as well. So like if you know, just for example, like Mike Davis goes to a situation, uh, like Arizona, for example, in the fourth round, and then all of a sudden David Cobb gets drafted in Pittsburgh in the sixth round. Oh right, yeah. Obviously, you're going to be leaning towards Mike Davis at that point because he just has a way yeah, better opportunity. An opportunity. So yeah. yeah, and then so let's talk about our last guy we're going to talk about today. And this kind of like generates like our top tier. No, no, it's not our last guy. We have two more guys. I'm sorry. I have I have another page of notes here. Good lord. <laughs> David Johnson, Northern Iowa, six one, two twenty four, ran a four five zero. Big running back with good speed. Has rushed for over a thousand yards in each of his last three seasons. Only player in school history to do so at Northern Iowa. Another guy who's excellent receiver, and you know his routes. He caught the ball well, like he didn't run good routes or anything, but he caught the ball well. He catches the ball. I mean, like I saw him make really like a, a one of those one-handed catches that you make a like a wide receiver would make a highlight reel yes. on that, like he'd be on ESPN. Excellent receiver, right? Right. And it, and, it's, and, it, and I just want to make it this. I want to put sometimes you like you know like Jeremy Langford can get out and run routes. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna see David Johnson go out and run routes. No, but he no. can catch the ball really. Like he's a screen bubble screen kind of yes, guy. Yes, I agree. You know, but he does catch the ball really, really well. Um, has a really solid jump cut inside for runs. Um, big guy, but not the hardest to bring down either. It's, it's, he's got that upright running style. He really does. Yeah, he's a little stiff too. You know, he, he kind of limits his like his elusiveness. He's got like a uh, weird, like he almost looks like out of control or something when he's running. <laughs> sometimes I don't know what it is. Like his arms are like flailing, kind of. Um, He's know, weird running. Like he, like he also slows down. Like too, like when he wants to make a cut. Yeah. Like he's almost. It's... It almost looks like he wants to stop to make right. the cut and then make his cut. Like he, he slows down right. too much. He when he gets in traffic, he. I mean, he doesn't look all that great. But you get him out in the open field, and he shines. Like you get him out. In, I mean, you you throw the ball to him and he's open. He can make people miss in the open field and just put on a quick little juke move yes. and go. Everything open field. I have the same thing here. Lacks short area quickness. Right. Like like. Bottled up behind the line of scrimmage is not his go-to game. He's going to be eaten alive. Yep. He's not getting anything out of it. 
And his size, his speed, and his hands are his biggest asset. I agree. I have that in capital letters. Mm-hmm. That's what I ended on. His size, his speed, and his hands are his biggest asset. So he's somebody that you need to move outside of tackles to get good solid production on. And if you could do that, if he gets into a system and can utilize on that, he does have some good upside. Yeah, I agree. He's a he's a hell of an athlete. That's for sure. Which um, is weird because he's six one two twenty four, but you don't want to see him between the tackles. Like, there's nothing like his right. short area quickness is it's just too muddled back there to kind of. Like and that's at the college game. So like the NFL game, you're gonna be, you won't even have time to think, and you're you're tackled. Right. That's loss. at nor- Northern Iowa too. I mean, it's yeah, not even the top. You're not playing elite level. competition, right? And, and that's that was one of the things that kind of bothered me about him because I mean he he wasn't playing the best competition week in and week out, and he didn't dominate the way you really want to see him dominate. In order to be like, yes, I need this guy in my on my team, you know. And, and you think that could be kind of like. You know, the way he he does get eaten up, like, on the inside. And the only reason he had, you know, like, I'm saying his size, his speed, his hands are what I like about him as his asset. Right. Do you think that gets null and voided at the NFL level? I think, I don't think so, because when he did actually play, like, he played, like, Iowa, he didn't look out of place, you know? Okay. He didn't look like he was overmatched against those guys. But I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure why he didn't dominate more, to be honest. I don't, I don't know if it was... Like, like, I mean, he's not really good, uh, you know, in cramped quarters. Maybe his offensive line kind of sucked. I don't really know that much about his team, and I, and I wasn't, true too. I, I wasn't breaking down the blocking scheme. I think I did scheme. see something. No, because I, I scouted him like a day or so ago. Okay. But I think I did see something about, like, his offensive line being kind of, you know, and that's, and that's things we don't need to know as well because I'm not scouting the offensive line, you know, the offensive right. line. Exactly. I'm looking at him and what he does in the system he in, that he's in. So. Right. Going back on it, if I did see something like that, maybe that, that could be the case. I mean, that's that's the only thing I could think of because he didn't look bad against Iowa. I don't think it's an athletic thing. Um, so maybe the offensive line was a little bit rough. And yeah. He's one of those guys that might shine. Who knows? That's why you look better outside, right? I mean, it could be it could right be, once could he gets a little once he gets a little bit of a crease, he he busts one. You know, he does have talent. And I agree. He's somebody that's going to be drafted probably very late second, early third round of your rookie drafts. Yeah, I agree. Right around there. That's that's where he's mentally slotted for me right now. Yeah, because I mean, once you get to a certain point of those receivers, it's going to go pretty deep at these running backs. Yep. After that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just where the value is going to start popping up. Yeah, because it's going to go the top, those top receivers, mm-hmm. a couple running backs, running back, running back, running back. Like the Jameis Winston's going to be in there, running backs. Maybe a couple more receivers, you know, like the Paramans, right. the Jalen Strong. Somebody else can take Devin Funchess because I'm not push one of the, you know. Push these running backs towards me a little bit more. Right. You know, Max Williams is going to fall in that category. That's Marcus right, yeah. Mariota is going to fall in that category. Uh, I'm sure there's another tight end that might go somewhere. You know, like obviously like Kalak Walford is probably going to be a second round pick in the Dynasty rookie draft. Right. We'll see where he goes. I could see him. I for sure kind of see Walford get dra- getting drafted into a good situation where you're going to want him on your fantasy team. So, yeah, I mean, I can see these running backs kind of, there's going to be like a slew of them because there's going to be a lot of question marks on those receivers. Right. Because there's like, and that, the back end of those receivers are too are like smaller guys as well. I agree. And, right. then, and I was watching like the next guy too, just, you know, we're going to talk about Javorius Allen. Again, a little bit more Nelson Algalore tape too as well. I really like him, man. Al- Algalore? Yeah. So do I. I really do. Did you uh, did you see that uh, Philly sniffing around him now? I, did, I saw that today, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, or the other day. 
right? Like on like over the weekend, I saw it. You know, what's weird is the comp that we gave him is Jeremy Macklin, and now and now Chip Kelly's sniffing around him to replace. Isn't that funny? Yeah, we called him Jeremy. If you go back and listen to the podcast, right. we called him Jeremy Macklin a few weeks back, and yeah, and now it, that's true. I saw like three different things that said, "Oh, Jeremy Macklin." I'm like, you listen to our podcast. Chip must be listening. Chip is all hey, over us. Hey, Chip, if you're out there, man, we love yeah. you. Don't worry, don't even bother trying to hire me yeah. in your scouting department because I love what I do here. Keep doing what you're doing, though. Yeah, I'm not rup- uprooting my family to come to Philadelphia. But I will. <laughs> I won't. I I'm won't. just kidding, man. I won't either. I love it here. Yeah, I don't think they could pay me enough to go to Philadelphia. Nothing bad about Philadelphia. It's just I'm diehard Cleveland, man. It's my uh, home. They could pay me enough. Well, they could, yeah, well, I don't think those scouts <laughs> make as much money as we think they do. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I think we make more money here in Cleveland. Sure. And you don't get to see your kids anymore. Yeah, that would suck. Zoinks. Zoinks. So I'd but, miss all that. <laughs> yeah, you would. So Javorius Allen, USC. They call him Buck. Buck Allen. Buck Allen. Uh last guy we'll talk about. Again, he's this bring back Al Galore. I went back to go check my rookie ring and tie of him now. I was like, I gotta mm-hmm. make sure he's slotted right. He is for I have him. But he he I if he goes to the right situation, if he goes to Philly, hello. Yellow. Yeah, he he'll slip his I can see him slipping his way into the first round of rookie mocks. Oh, dude, yeah. I think he's borderline right now. You don't think so? Yeah, he's borderline now. Yeah, you're right. He is. He's a late first. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, you know people are going to be out there that like Funchess more. I'm not sure why. Guy's got no skills, but whatever. Tight ends. We already talked so, about that. <laughs> we're already, we'll talk about him again. Um, Javorius Allen, Buck Allen. Let's go from there. Let's Buck just Allen. go Buck. That's way easier. Yeah, it's way easier than that name. Uh, six foot, 222, big guy, 11 uh I'm talking about his reps. He did eleven. He did eleven reps on a bench press. I can do eleven reps on the bench press. I could do eleven bench on a rep. Bench. Blah. Yes. I can do eleven reps. Yep. Pretty weak. It was pretty weak. We're in a four, five, three, forty. Yeah. Not yeah. bad. I mean, not bad, especially for that track. Guy has like he makes really good sharp cuts. Has quick nonstop jump cup ability. Uh, he's just he's just solid back in my eyes. I mean, there's nothing that's. Like he's able to shake linebackers and space, short area acceleration. You know he averaged eleven three point eleven point three yards per catch over the last two seasons. That, that's so where the ball. That's where he's like I could see him being used the most in that capacity and on the next level, catching I, balls. Yeah, on the backfield. If he could get into like a Shane Vereen type of role, I uh-huh. think that would suit him really well because okay. he catches the ball really nicely out of the backfield. I don't know if he's like the in between the tackles type of guy. No, he's another guy that likes the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, eleven point three yards per catch. That's pretty right, good. Right. Um, I don't know. He's, yeah, a, he, he's his like they say, like his running style doesn't match his size. Like you right. say, Shane Vereen, you think smaller, and this guy's six foot, but six foot two twenty. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't match. Like he his his ability doesn't match right what he does best. I agree. It's almost like Jeremy Langford. Right. Right. You know, like his ability like doesn't match. Like I I think Jeremy Langford's better than Allen. So do I. But still, I mean, Langford's six foot two oh eight. This guy's six foot two twenty two, and he catches the ball. That's what he does best. I mean, if if this guy landed in like a situation where he was like a Pierre Thomas too, like a, just like a like a passing down specialist, I I think that's kind of like Pierre his role. Thomas. I like that comp. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, he has slow feet. Um, you know, he he kind of slow feet and you know he doesn't explode into the tackles, and he has a hard time like finding and developing those running lanes. It's not like really like. I agree. Almost like he's not even like a true running back. You know, it's not really like he's just a big guy that catches the ball well. He can run the ball, but it's not like. It's not his thing, to be honest. 
It's like you'd be a really like he wanted to be a receiver, but he was really crappy at playing receiver. <laughs> so they put him at running back for a size. It's kind of like one of those kind of guys. Yeah, and a lot of those guys at USC kind of end up in like that kind of they are they're switching back and forth. It seems like between high school and when they get to college, a lot of they develop guys at wide receiver, you know, and then they go like even Aguilar was a running back in in uh, high school, and now he's a wide receiver. So. Yeah. I mean, what what I think he does well, too, is like you said, Shane Vereen, like this guy can make cuts on a dime. So, like, if you get the ball in his hands right. on the outside or past the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage, that's where his bread and butter is. And that's it, definitely where he works best. And he does work well there. So, in the right system, if he is utilizing that aspect, mm-hmm. it makes him a, fa- a viable fantasy asset. Mm-hmm. So, he definitely is somebody you want to watch, watch what system he goes to. And he's intriguing. I mean, he's somebody like, for example... For, okay, here's here's a good example for him that you would think that some people might think that it's a bad spot. But say he went like in the fifth round to Kansas City. Okay. And now I like Niall Davis. Right. I think he's somebody that I'd be a buyer definitely with, you know, uh, Jamal Charles going up there in age, his oh, durability issues. I like Niall Davis. But he's somewhat kind of like in that category. Like I like to see get some of those dump offs like you know like somebody that would help like Alex Smith and like what he does like to do best like a situation Him, he would be Alex Smith's best friend yeah like I'd be intrigued throw down the field at all. that he went there right you know if he went to New England like we hate New England backs but I'd be intrigued about him in New England playing it like picking up where Shane Vereen leaves I think that would be the best landing spot for him to be honest yeah. because Vereen's gone and I don't think uh White showed much last year at all okay. in that in that role I think that'd be a great place for him yeah, that would be a good spot for him. There's a couple good spots that, that fit his, that fit him well, and I'm I'm I, again, again, Buck Allen, somebody to right. keep your eye on, and he could be where he lands could make him go from a, like a fourth round pick to a late third round pick, all the way up to a late second round pick. I agree. It depends on opportunity for yep. him. So, but he does. I mean, again, my biggest thing is his hands and is able to like just make those really sharp cuts for his size. And you like his passing ability. I like I love his pass catching ability. That's like the only thing I really like about him to be honest. But. Yeah, well that's about that's where my buck ends. That's where the buck <laughs> stops for me too. <laughs> Allen. Allen. So, that's it. That's our that's our next tier of running backs. Yeah. There There's a lot of guys behind these guys, but it, well, here's the thing. Once you get past these kind of guys, like I don't have to have any high hopes. There's you know, like artist pain. I look at I have like I'm intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. You know. There's some of the guys I'm intrigued by. But I don't even, like. I'll, I want to watch more tape on these guys, and see where they go first. Because some of these guys, I feel like, you know, I, I know about them, but I don't. I don't have high hopes for a lot. Of right. Those guys. Yeah. I mean, like Michael Dyer. I mean, I kind of want to get into his tape a little bit more. Yeah. So some of the guys we'll talk right. about next week. We'll get into the quarterbacks and tight ends. Okay. So we'll combine those. All right. Sweet. And then we'll do. We'll break down these other guys. The other running backs after the draft. Okay. So we'll do like, like we'll, instead of tr- like jumping right back into like these guys again, right? Like some of those receivers we didn't cover, some of these running backs we didn't cover. Instead of doing the top end first, we'll do hey late round buys. Late round. Like we'll gems. get right into that. Yeah. So you can come back and li- you can back listen to these older episodes of our top guys, and then we'll come right back into it. Okay. Hey. These are our late round buys episodes, receivers, running backs, a couple tight ends we don't even cover possibly, and maybe we'll cover pretty much all those guys. So, yeah, um, I mean the tight ends this is a pretty short list anyway. It's a very short list. Yeah. So that way, you know, say you have your draft right after the NFL draft, 
you have information on those guys from us with film study. P.S. It's not a great year for tight ends if you need one. P.S. It's not a great year. Yeah. But I do like Max Williams. No, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with Max Williams, but I'm guessing there's probably more than one person in your league that needs tight ends. So There's all, and you know me. Yep. Everybody needs a tight end. Right. Low. I mean, I like Max Williams. I so think there's one. Good. I think there's one guy with like really high upside, and and you know, then there's a couple of guys that are like, okay, I'm. I'll, they're drafting like Jason Witten. Yeah. And Mike. Mike said Clive Walford's pretty good. Yeah. No, he is. So he's pretty good. And then quarterback wise, again, we're talking. There, it's Mariota, Winston. Get it. Yeah. And then, good luck taking Bryce Petty, Garrison, and Hunley. Hunley right. And then after that, it's. Uh, We'll we'll talk about these guys a little bit more later. Yeah. So until then, uh, you know, make sure you get on DynastyNerds.com, enter that contest uh, on the form, get on there, just enter your name, and you're entered to win three hundred dollars versus us playing versus me and the rest of Dynasty Nerd staff and Matt too. Yes. Uh, Wait. Yeah. Well, you can be involved. Thanks. And you know, make sure you check out RealitySportsOnline.com. Make sure you follow us and hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Get on DynastyNerds.com for all our latest rankings and articles. The guys do a great job on top of that as well. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes mm-hmm. and hit up the shop and buy a Dynasty Nerds shirt. Yeah, you know, if you want to. Give us your money. You want, you know, if you want to. Come on, you little jerk. You want to. You want give, to. Give it to him. Subliminal. <laughs> <laughs> Start playing subliminal messages in the back of the show. Give us your money. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got to pay for this stuff. Yeah, we do. Until then, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, talk about quarterbacks and tight ends, and Mike will be here. Yeah, he should be back. I miss him already. So do I. All right, guys. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.